Welcome to a special edition, a merged edition of the Backdoor Cover and the weekly daily fantasy football podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me from the Backdoor Cover, the gambling guru, my man, Alan, a.k.a. Actively Lazy. Alan, what's going on? Nothing, man. Just looking at these stupid-ass NBA bets. (laughs) (laughs) A little behind the curtains for uh, what Alan does on a day-to-day basis, because he really does care about this shit. And then also with me, my man, my co-host, Joe Matz from the Weekly Daily Fantasy Football Podcast. Joe, I think the conference championship was probably our worst week on pick since what, like back in like week three or four? It it was kind of shocking how bad they were. It was a, I, I meant to ask you if you were able to scrape any money out of a Scotty Miller scoring that touchdown i had one lineup that that ended up basically paying for my other three it just pisses me off because uh you know i talked about miller only had him in one lineup that was obviously the one that cashed what was really frustrating was in that lineup i had lazard and i originally had scantling oh changed it and like i I helped talk you into so and single (laughs) games you know what i mean when you look at it it's like the difference and i think it was like 11 points it's so huge when there's you know only two games i mean it would have been a actually a really good day uh even though my other two lineups sucked uh (laughs) and just uh just I was just upset about how wrong I was about the Packers game, like just absolutely wrong. Yeah. Uh, and also in a lot of ways, you know, I know I've propped up Josh Allen and Allen, you know, he is, he's, he's going to be a, a really good player. His, his improvements this year and his accuracy and stuff was phenomenal. But for me to, you know, kind of be all in on the bills when it's like, I mean, again, the oh, Chiefs yeah. haven't lost for like a year and a half. Every lineup that I had. Just, right. Just had him in everything and he, had his first like shitty game of the year. So. And of course, Tyra Kill was one guy I didn't have in a lineup mm-hmm. and he went nuts, which is also crazy. But so today we're going to do two things. And the reason we're merging these podcasts is the backdoor cover every year does uh, our Super Bowl props, which we're going to go through. And then at the end of the podcast, because it's a single game, uh, me and Joe are going to do a, a lineup for the captain mode. Uh, which if you have not done that on DraftKings, it's actually pretty interesting. I like it. There's a little bit more strategy to it. You get a captain pick, which costs 1.5 times as much as their normal salary, but you also get 1.5 as many points. uh, And then you build your lineup from that way. Uh, There is literally a thousand DraftKings entries uh, from all price ranges uh, for this week. So we're just going to try to help you and go over some guys you should think of, but I am very excited about the Super Bowl. I, I hope it ends up being good. We've been very fortunate that, I mean, honestly, for the last two decades, it seems like a majority of Super Bowls are very close, very competitive. Uh, I'm a little nervous just because the Chiefs are, uh, you know, they've been the primitive favorites all year. They, uh, as I reminded myself during that Bills game, they've lost one game since I think like September or October of 2019. Uh, when Mahomes has started. Uh, so they're going to be tough to beat, but there's something about Tom Brady being back in another Super Bowl. The Bucks' defense has been really good. Uh, I do think it's kind of a coaching mismatch with Bruce Arians versus uh, our man Andy Reid, but, you know, who knows? Uh, they've been saying Tom Brady's calling a lot of plays and, you know, having a lot to do with the game plan. So, but let's start off with the props, and then near the end we'll actually get into the game uh, just some silly ones off the front. Obviously, the coin toss, uh, 
no big deal. <laughs> One thing I did see that was interesting of these is the opening kickoff be a touchback. No is plus 190. I mean, is it that rare for a guy to run it out? I don't think uh, I've ever paid attention. <laughs> uh, that's what I was like. I was like, because most of these, that's what I was going to say too. The prop bets have changed. It's something I've actually done for years because there's just so many bets you can make. They don't really give you great odds on a lot of stuff anymore. And I'm assuming that means, you know, sharps or, or people have loaded up and taken advantage of some of these bigger ones because, I mean, again, like the coin toss obviously is both minus odds. Uh, will there be a score in the first five minutes? Again, both minus odds, minus 110 either way. Uh, I mean, even the first team score, it's minus 130 plus 110. Uh, what will the first score of the game? I did think it was interesting. A touchdown was minus 160. A field goal safety is plus 140. I know that a non-touchdown has been the first score in, I think, four out of the last five. It's either three out of the last four or four out of the last five. Uh, that would probably be the only one that I would think about looking at is the field goal or safety plus 140. Uh, typically in Super Bowls, Alan, don't you think there's usually filling out? I think the games have been kind of slow-paced early. Yeah, but but this these two teams have already played each other, so I'm not sure um, if there'll be a filling a, a filling out period or um, if it's just a matter of execution because they've sat for two weeks. Um, if you have a whole game of film, it kind of makes things a little different, and then you're also playing Tom Brady. Right. Give him any leeway if you're the Chiefs. So I would expect them to come out and want to be as aggressive as possible. Likewise, the Bucks, you don't want to spot Patty any points either. So I'm expecting them to try to take advantage of the um the the fact that probably defenses are going to be on their heels in the in the very first part of the game because you don't want to give these guys a chance to make adjustments. I mean, if the Bucks get up early, right, that would be – particularly if they get up, say, 10 points or so, it would be a dream for them because we know the Chiefs have some issues on the offensive line with injuries. The Bucks have a good pass rush. Uh, but I guess to your point, the Chiefs are going to throw anyway. I mean, both I mean, of these teams are going to throw. It's a dream until you look at what they did last year and what they typically do when they get down. That's fair. That's <laughs> to wake fair. Them up. Like we have learned like that. They, they have a um, – they remind me of the uh, Warriors when they were at their peak. You yep. know, you, you get the Warriors down. It's almost like it wakes like, them up. Yeah, you're like, we finally got these basses. And they're like, okay, all right, cool. Watch, watch now you've got us in the mode that we want to be anyway, which is yeah. running gun. And, and you could say the same for the for the Bucks. They've they've had great second-half surges and comebacks and things like that. You can never count them out either. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're talking about firepower versus firepower. I still favor the Chiefs because they're younger and – they've got better chemistry. Uh, to that point of the offenses coming out, one of the props I do like is a first team to score, which is the Bucks, because you're getting the plus 110. And I, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they mentioned the Bucks are the rare team that sometimes likes to receive if they win the coin toss. And the Chiefs always opt for deferring. So you got a little bit Probably better not. chance of getting the ball. I took a look. Tampa Bay has been the, – they've been the team to receive – the last five games, wow. and they've scored on four of those possessions. So, to me, that's one of those ones where, you know, obviously it's always a little risky because you're banking it all on potentially one drive, and if Kansas City gets the ball first, you could be screwed. But <laughs> considering you're getting the plus 110 value and Kansas City's pretty much guaranteed to defer, 
and there's a decent chance Tampa Bay just says, screw it, give us the ball, I think that's a solid play. I've seen Andy stall out in big games, though, on the first drive. I mean – I mean, last it, year they only scored 10 points in the first half. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a total shock if, if they just had, like, one of those situations where it's, like, third and five and they just overthrow somebody or something like that. Um, in, like, the big stages or, or the primetime games, the Chiefs don't usually come out like super, super fast and, and hit you with scoring. It's usually like a, a slow build. So they'll look vulnerable that first drive. Hell, you might go up two scores, and then next thing you know, they're unstoppable. So if you do take that risk, it's, it's really I, – I would consider it worth it if you feel like the Bucks are going to get the ball first. One other uh, one before we get into some of these player ones. The first offensive play, it's plus 100 for a pass player sack, minus 120 for a run play. With you saying the Bucks have, you know, got the ball on five of uh, their last five, they've scored yeah. four of those five. They are now throwing since, I think, week 12, like 70% of the time on first down. I mean, I, I, I would not be surprised either one of those teams threw on first down for the first play of the game. I was a little surprised to see that was the plus. And, and yeah, the I mean, if it's the Chiefs, I really like it. And then the Bucks, they've always been heavy throwing on second and third. They have done more to the pass, although I think that's kind of reverted in the playoffs so far. Okay, I think they've gotten back to run it up the middle. It's probably been the third and eight all game against Green Bay because right. they didn't throw an incomplete pass, and then Brady would throw 20 yards on third down. <laughs> So I I could see the value in that one, especially because yeah, if Kansas City gets the ball, it's a really good chance. But because Tampa Bay runs generally for most of the year on first down, that's why I'm not all the way in on that one. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna go over some of his prop bets and you just tell me which one of these you like the best. So we've got passing yards, the over-under is 327.5 yards, it's minus 115 both ways. Passing touchdowns is at two and a half. The over-under, it's minus 115 both ways. Pass completions over 28 or 28 and a half is it over is plus 105. Under is minus 135. Pass attempts, uh, 40 and a half is the over-under number. Over is minus 120. Under is minus 110. Interceptions over 0.5 is plus 140. Under 0.5 is minus 170. Longest completion, uh, it's 39.5 yards. It's minus 115 both ways. And then rushing yards, which is one that I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I really like over 18 and a half. It's minus 110. Uh, the under is minus 120. Alan, we'll start with you. Which one of those do you like the most or do you think is the safest play? Um, I like his receptions or, or completions. Completions. Like his completions. The, uh, I checked the last time they played. He had like 30-something completion. 30, 37, um, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that's going to be uh, pretty key. Also, you got to think Andy's pretty creative at how he gets the ball into people's hands anyway. So um, I, I can see them – I can see him hitting that uh, fairly quickly, actually. And then the rushing – the rushing is interesting because there was a um, – there's a cross sport prop that I saw between his rushing yards and um, Donovan Mitchell's like points scored mm -hmm. in the game on um, the seventh at the jazz play. And I looked to see what he did last game and what he's done over the last couple uh, games. He hasn't been running as much. And I would assume, honestly, I would assume given that he 
had a concussion that uh, he probably wouldn't be inclined to, to take off and, and go for too many yards anyway. So I would keep my eye on that line. His turf toe is also, I've seen him say in a couple of interviews this week that it's the best it's felt since he aggravated it. Mm-hmm. Now he yeah. could just be saying that, but I would assume the two weeks rest is helping out. And I do think the Bucs are going to be able to get pressure uh, with Fisher being out. I think they have two starting offensive linemen that are not going to be playing. Uh, and that's just going to lead. We, we know Mahomes is very good at doing that where you, you think you have him next thing, you know, he's ran for 10, 11 yards and it's just 18 and a half. I mean, it, it just seems like for that to be the over, I mean, looking at it to Allen's point, he only has 19 yards combined in the last two games, but on the season, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games uh, where he would hit over that total. Uh, so I really do. That's my favorite Joe, which, uh, which one are you looking at? Uh, I like the over on the attempts, which is 40.5. He's gone over that nine times this year in 17 games. So the majority of the time this year, he's gone over it. And that's including the Cleveland game where he threw 30 passes and left halfway through the third quarter. The other part I love about it is Tampa Bay is a team. A, Andy Reid wants to pass, especially with Patrick Mahomes. And Tampa Bay is a team built for you to do that. They're the number one run defense. They threw 49 times last time against Tampa Bay. In a game, they were leading most of the way, and they only ran it 16 times with their running back. So over 75% of their plays were pass plays, not counting Mahomes' four runs, which I assume were scrambles. So I think they're going to go super heavy on the pass. So I like the over on that. All right, let's move on to my man Tyreek Hill for y'all that do not remember. He had a monstrous game. Uh, the first time these two teams played, 13 catches, 269 yards, three touchdowns. It was probably my best play uh, all season on the weekly Daily Fantasy podcast because I, I told you it was a must start. The Bucks at that part of the season were just getting shredded uh, by wide receivers. And again, let's just go over the two and see if there's either of these receptions. You got the over-under is at six and a half. The over is minus 135. The under is plus 105. And then the receiving yards, the number is 91.5. Both the over and under is minus 115. Uh, what do you guys think on those? I like the over on the receptions. I do too. Um, Yardage-wise, I mean, there's n- numerous things that they could do to kind of fix what they did last time they played. Honestly, the la- last time they played the Chiefs, um, I don't know if they were trolling or what, but it was <laughs> – Quite possibly the dumbest um, strategy I've ever seen when it when it comes to playing the Kansas City Chiefs. It was almost as if they just was like Tyreek Hill doesn't exist in this offense. We're going to cover everybody but Tyreek Hill, and well, Tyreek Hill destroyed them. And I just can't get over the fact that on one of his plays, he ran by the guy, and as his celebration when he was going back to the sideline, he told him, "Don't worry, help is on the way." That is the wildest <laughs> thing ever. Um, but you would you would think Todd Bowles is is he's an intelligent guy, man. He's really good at defenses. He's got to come up with something. But no matter what you come up with, there's always going to be holes when you're playing such a good team. And and Andy's the best at scheming guys open. Um, so I like the receptions. I like to see him in a in a lot of like uh, crossing route action and. And things like that, running uh, the little uh, whip motion out the backfield and everything, like 
basically what you saw a lot of what Sarkeesian did to get Smith open in the uh, national championship, you'll probably see variations of that uh, from Andy Reid because he's been doing that all along anyway. So those still count as passes, and, and it's kind mm, of like chip true. shot gimme crap, and that's why I like the over on the receptions. Uh, so I, I'm going to go against you guys. I like the under on this one. I mean, A, it's it's got the better payout, minus 135 versus one plus 105. So I'm making extra money on this. And then the other thing is, yes, he's gotten eight and nine receptions in the two playoff games. But you look at the rest of the season, he only went over – he only got seven or more receptions three times all year. So it's been relatively rare. And then, again, that, I mentioned this to Keith when he and I had talked earlier today. Jamel Dean did not play in that game against the Chiefs. So they had Carlton Davis on him. Carlton Davis ran a 4-5-3 at the Combine three years ago. Dean ran a 4-3 flat two years ago. So he's a much better matchup for Tyreek Hill, and he is their number one corner. And then you look at what they've done against number one wide receivers in the playoffs. McLaurin had six receptions, so that would be under. Uh, Michael Thomas had zero, granted, you know, a little bit of a Drew Brees there and then Adams got to nine got to nine receptions but that was on 15 targets and I just don't see Tyreek Hill getting 15 targets when I'm assuming Travis Kelsey is just gonna be wide open this entire game so I I would lean towards the under on that one especially with the better payout my only counter to that is the Bucks are I think historically this year so bad against tight ends that it's just so obvious that I feel like they would overemphasize covering Travis Kelsey. You would think, but I mean, you got to pick most happened in their first game. That's kind of why I think that doesn't happen. The only thing that too, you got to remember is that Hill has not really had any big plays from the ball being thrown deep down the field. If you look in the first two games, it's been a lot of plays where, it's shorter passes, and then he just yeah. does what he does. whole game plan, which just did not work, was they just went too high that whole game and left things underneath. And Patrick and the Bucks have a tendency uh, to, you know, they've consistently done it all season, uh, you know, allow guys to get behind the secondary. And I, I am interested to see so how their safeties – I'm not touching, like, the – I'm not betting unders like on Bucks receivers just because it's like two plays. Like fuck, fuck that. Right. <laughs> well, to throw deep. <laughs> I was gonna say, moving on to Travis Kelsey, I think the lock mm-hmm. of the century, even though it's minus one thirty-five, his over/under for receptions is seven and a half. For over is minus one thirty-five. The under is plus one hundred five. His yards, which I think it's that's it might be a little high. I actually would be tempted probably to go the under there. But it's 97 and a half. They're both minus 115. Uh, forget the fact that Kelsey has had uh, eight or more receptions. I think it's like in nine of his last 10 games. No. Just look at the Bucks since what week is this? Since week seven, these are the reception totals that they've given up to tight ends seven, 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 two, eight, nine, nine, six, four, five, six, six, seven. I just don't see any way. I mean, it's just like last week, Kelsey's number was the exact same and he had already broke it uh, in the second quarter. Um, he has had double digit targets and one, two, three, four, five, his last six, uh, nine out of his last 10. Uh, 
I just I really don't see any way he does not get over that seven and a half target. The yardage is a little bit scarier to me, but with the way the buck, I mean, both of these teams actually we've talked about are so bad against tight ends. They've literally been the worst two defenses in the league against tight ends uh, the second half and the you know in the playoffs. I really like Kelsey getting over at seven and a half. The receiving yards is probably something I'd stay away from. What do you think about that, Alan? Um, I'm not like I said. I, I think they're really. It's just so obvious. It <laughs> makes me. It makes me not want to take yeah, it. It's scary. Um, I like. I like Kelsey in the combination to score with other players. I feel like that's where the value is going to be with Kelsey. Like he'll get a touchdown. They'll find a way. Um, they like to target him around the red zone anyway. Um, the ability for Kelsey to really eat you alive depends on the, the defense that you run. I think typically in, in, um, in zone coverage based defenses, they, they tend to attack him or, or attack you in the middle of the field, which is where he would get his receptions. If you play a lot of man-to-man, they they tend to stretch him out vertically more, and that's where you get your yardage. So it, it's kind of a pick your pick your poise. Like, what do you think the strategy is going to be for the Bucks? If you think they're going to run a lot of zone, then you should probably take the receptions. If you think they're going to run a lot of man, you should probably take the yardage. Joe? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think that makes sense. I think the generally just looking, if you're not sure, if you don't, just don't want to venture a guess on that, I think the receptions is the safer bet, but that's also why it's minus 135 instead of 115. Um, I I think it, it's going to be Mahomes or Kelsey is going to be the MVP of this game, so I feel pretty good about the over on receptions. I don't feel bad about the over on yards either. He's gone over 100 each of the last two games and what four of the last six mm-hmm. actually he hit 98 in one of those games so right. five of the last six yep. so the one thing i would say is don't bet unders on kelsey you can stay away from this and that's fine because these are high these are exceptionally high numbers especially for a tight end but i i would absolutely not bet any unders on kelsey i think that's an insane move so i i would lean towards both overs and i would say absolutely stay away from the unders all right, let's move on to Tom Terrific. He's got the passing yard number is 96.5. Both the over-under is minus 115. The passing touchdowns over-under is at two and a half. Over is plus 140. Under is minus 170. The pass completions, the over-under is 24 and a half. Over is minus 125. Under is minus 105. The pass attempts, 39.5. The over is 120. The under is 110. The interceptions over 0.5 is minus 160. Under huh. 0.5 is plus 130. Yeah. The longest completion, which this is the one that I was a little surprised. The over is 39 and a half, or excuse me, the over under is 39 and a half. The over is, is same, huh? minus 115. The under is also minus 115. The rushing yards is honestly maybe my favorite of any of them. It seems like Brady always gets that one-yard rush. I know the kneel downs could hurt you here, but he just needs one yard. It's it's 0.5 yards. The over is plus 140. The under is minus 170. Do any of those stand out to you, Joe? I mean, I think the Chiefs win the game, so give me the over 0.5 rushing yards. 
Because the only way I think you'll see a sneak probably. So right. as, as long as there's a sneak, you just need Tampa Bay to lose. So I'll, I'll take that one. I, I do like the over 0.5 interceptions. I think he throws a pick in this game, oh, yes. but he's thrown a pick in the last three times he's played a Spagnola defense. So that's each of the last two years with the Chiefs and then all the way back in 2015 with the Giants. Um, so I like it, but minus 160, that's just why I bet that to me. So give, give me the plus 140 on the one-yard rushing since I don't think they win. Alan? Plus 140 for real? Yeah. That's funny. I actually like Tom Brady anytime scorer too at four to one. Well, that's what we were gonna get into. In just oh, no, no, okay. Oh, I'm assuming the <laughs> like he he's infamous for those quarterback sneaks at the goal line. But uh, yeah, I like the rushing total over two. Um, and then I, in my Charles Barkley voice, would say you can guarantee he's gonna throw an interception at some point in the game. But yeah, you don't have to play that. That's like betting something like that during the Super Bowl is just if you got the the packages to to really get that out there. I I wouldn't take that much juice in the Super Bowl prop bet. So the anytime scores, and we're gonna uh, go over the non quarterbacks. I got the quarterbacks listed later. Again, these numbers are just. <sighs> I don't know. It's just like they're not wanting us to have any fun with the props. Uh, Hill and Kelsey are minus 162. I mean, even Fournette, who I actually thought maybe you could get three to four, you know, odds. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that still only has like six touchdowns on the season, but he's plus 120. Evans is plus 120. Godwin is plus 138. Edwards Hilaire is plus 175. Williams is plus 200. Uh, I mean, to me, none of those really are that appealing with the numbers other than I do like both of the running backs, Fournette at plus 120 and actually Williams at plus 200. Uh, any of those guys stand out to you, Alan? I'm heavy on Darren Williams' props. I, I, do I think he, he gets a, a chance to, to shine um, in short yardage situations around the goal line. I think he's going to be a big part of that. Um, he's actually been pretty good in their two playoff games too. Um, so I'm just all in on him and trying to combine him with somebody else that'll score because those odds are pretty high. Um, but anytime scores, I got Darren Williams um, at two to one, Brady at four to one, and then maybe a Patrick Mahomes sneaky, like short yardage run around the red zone to score uh, at plus two thirty. Uh, those are what I would consider the value. If you can figure out who the lineman is that they're going to use in a package or something like that, you maybe could try that. Um, but as far as like, like Hill and, and those guys, um, the odds are just not that uh, good for them to be played by themselves. All right. So what about the first touchdown? Cause this is one that I thought was, pretty... um, have you seen these? So if we're doing first touchdown, for the Bucks, I would take Mike Evans, and then for the Chiefs, I would probably I just get Kelsey's just so obvious. <laughs> it's just so obvious, but yeah. but it's just like man, like hell, who do you, who else would you pick? I mean, I would, I mean, maybe Darren Williams because I, I again, I, I think he's going to vulture a couple of touchdowns. But he's sixteen uh, to one plus sixteen hundred for yeah, the first I, touchdown. I put ten dollars on that. I ain't got no problem with that. 
Uh, I like Fournette at 12 to one too. Uh, I think that there's a good chance he's going to, I think he's going to score in this game at some point, especially with his pass catching and uh, you know, receiving Brady's action, interesting one with how much that he loves the QB sneak. If, I mean, obviously you need a situation where he gets down to the one, but I mean, 33 to one, uh, the other guy that stood out to me was Cameron Brake, who has been used a lot. I do think they're going to go a little bit more to Gronk than they have in other games just because of the magnitude of it. He had his best game of the year against them earlier this season. But Brake's 30-1, to 1, and, uh, you know, he's in the postseason, has 11 receptions for 149 yards and a touchdown uh, to where Gronk has two for 43. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me. What's Gronk's odds on, like, first touchdown? 18-1. to 1. He's plus Yep. I, I kind of like that one because um, even over these last what four or five games where Brate's been seeing more of targets, Gronk still out-targeted him in the red zone. And then uh, per Warren Sharp, the Chiefs are dead last against tight ends in the red zone. So I, I, I like Gronk to score in general, but I think that's also, you know, 18 to one. You can throw a dollar down on that win 18. So I kind of like Gronk there. All right, let's do some late prop bets because these were, to me, kind of interesting. Will there be a score in the last three and a half minutes of the fourth quarter? Obviously, in the Super Bowl, historically, there has been scoring late. So yes is minus 250. No is plus 210. Is there any reason to consider no, Alan? No. I suppose. I'd say stay away from that entirely. The what team will score last in the game? Uh if you think Tampa Bay is going to win, you're getting plus 100 odds. And if you think Kansas City is going to win, you got to think the Bucks are probably going to be, you know, frantically trying to score late. So it's Kansas City minus 120, Tampa Bay plus 100. I was actually kind of intrigued. I thought it might be the other way around on that, at least for the odds. I, I, I can't roll the dice on that. I, it's, yeah. There's too many variables for me. I'm, I'm with Joe on that one, which is strange, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Coming together, guys. Uh, the last play of the game will be a quarterback rush. Yes, minus 145. No, plus 125. That's another one to me that if the game is, you know – close but the team that's down is down uh i don't see the quarterback taking a kneel in that situation yeah um i feel like this is going to come down to something dramatic and and we're, we're talking about somebody just having the ball at the end and and not being able to close the game out whether it's brady or mahomes like I feel like an offense is going to lose this game, not win it as far as taking a knee. Like somebody's going, trying to get into a position to get the final score. That's a, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I, my, my initial thought was to go with the, go with it is a QB run just because like how many games in it, it seems like most games in a kneel down, but 145 is not that bad, but yeah. But yeah, the the way that this game is, you could also just see it being, like you said, super dramatic. So that might be another one I'd steer clear of. Um, one one I do want to mention before we get out of this, yeah, which kind of kind of goes against what uh, Alan was just saying is I I love the under on the rushing yards for Daryl Williams at thirty two and a half. 
Uh, he's gone over in both playoff games, but throughout the entire rest of the season, he went over it twice all year. Uh, if you look at the one of the PFF guys in his write-up mentioned, if you only look at the first three quarters last week against Buffalo, Edwards Hilaire had a 70% snap share. And then Le'Veon is supposed to be back healthy this week too, so that could cut a couple snaps out. Plus, again, Tampa Bay is the number one run defense in the league. Counting the playoffs, they give up 61.3 yards per game. So Williams hitting 32.5 would mean he'd have to get over half the average they give up an entire game. So I think there's a chance Daryl Williams has like five receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. But if we're just looking at rushing yards, I don't think he hits 33 yards. So and I like Bucks that. Bucks have one. been the number one rush defense in the league, right? Yeah. Well, and it's not even very close. Like, again, they give up 61 yards per game at 3.4 yards per carry. So I think the game plan is going to be to pass. And, yeah, I think Williams could absolutely score. I think any of those guys could score. But I think there's a reasonable chance it'll be in the passing game where the Bucks struggle with backs. I don't so think they're going to have much success running. I know, again, this is normally one you wouldn't look at. But the first game, they actually did score more points in the first half than the second half. Uh, and – the more points will be scored in the first half, you're getting plus a point and a half, and it's uh, minus 110. In the second half, you're obviously losing a point and a half, and it's minus 110. Is that anything to consider? Are you asking me? Yeah. Um, you're the expert. I was I'm saying that I know normally you always want to take the more points in the second half, but in the first game earlier this season, there was actually a quite a bit more points scored in the first half. The Chiefs actually have had a lot of games this year where they'll get out to leads and then it's almost and like they go down. on cruise control yeah. in the second half. And it's you're actually getting a point and a half in the first half compared to obviously giving away a point and a half, and the odds are the same at minus 110. Is that at all intriguing to you? Or? Stick to I feel like I feel like what we're gonna we're gonna see um, adjustments made at halftime, but also urgency at halftime. And and I mm. feel like we're talking about a game that could potentially slow down um, to the point where there's a lot of passing, so there are gonna be some three and outs and things like that. So there'll be more possessions in the second half, I think. So I like the second half to to kind of score more. I would. I feel like somebody's going to have to make a comeback. It's, it's going to be one of those games where somebody gets out in front, maybe by yeah. 10 points or something like that. And then we see some drama. Um, and, and both these, well, the Bucks historically this season have had what I would consider better second half surges than uh, first halves. All right. So here's two more that I want to get in the room, get into some full game props, and then we'll get to the, that really stood out to me. Number one, the successful two-point conversion in a game, both of these teams are not afraid to go mm. for two. Ooh. You're getting plus 195 for yes. If, if you know, you're telling me, Alan, and I actually could see that one of them's playing catch-up, it probably just makes it even more likely that one of them's going to go for it. Uh, I believe I read both of them were in the top 10 for the season in two-point uh, conversion uh, – percentage mm -hmm. uh so obviously if you know both of them say you end up getting two two point conversions in this game there's a good chance that hits and again you're almost getting two to one odds yeah um 
somebody's definitely gonna get a two point conversion. And you between these two cocky asses um that are coaches <laughs> and calling plays, somebody's just gonna go for two just to go for two. So uh, I would definitely I would favor the Chiefs to to actually get that before um before the Bucks, but it's definitely worth the shot. All right, then the other one that maybe I'm misreading this. They both have two really good field goal kickers. Mm-hmm. Three and a half is the over under. Over three and a half is plus one oh five. If you look at it, both of these That's guys made goals. Yep, made field goals. I kind of like the over there. What what was the number? Three and, three and a half. And you're getting plus one oh five with the over. The Ooh. only issue with that is, is that you're not gonna win this game by kicking field goals. So I can no. see it's aggressive. There's been a lot of field goals in the no, last it has couple been. of Super Bowls. I it mean, even been. last year, I think there was what four, right? Yeah, and that was because well, you were playing the Niners and we can't finish drives. <laughs> I don't think any, of these, any of these teams have that issue uh this year, uh, historically speaking, uh, on the season. And I know Bruce, yeah, he's got a good kicker, mm-hmm. but he, he would definitely say F a kicker in a heartbeat um, and, and and really go for it. So um, I, I usually only take uh, field goal props when the weather helps me. And, and, and that, it doesn't sound like the weather's going to help. Yeah, right. It's yeah. 50% chance of rain right now. So. Okay. Yeah. So then here's one more then. I do want The team to score the longest touchdown, I think Tampa Bay's defense is definitely better. And I think they're going to have the plan where they're going to try to make the Chiefs just dink and dunk, which they've proven they can do. But, you know, as you made the point, Hill just killed them, and it was a lot of deep passes down the field. You're getting plus 130 for Tampa Bay, who has scored a long touchdown. I think it's been 35 yards or more in all three playoff games. Hmm. I just worry about the yards out the catch ability. Yeah, that's fair. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, if, if Hardman – Yeah, Harbin Hill or Hardman, yep. The hell with Hill. You, no, you're you right. With him too. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. And then you got Williams. I mean, they yeah. got – you're right. They got so I mean, much speed. That would be – even if this bum Sammy Watkins comes back, man, exactly. Deal with him. Um, I mean, the the truest deep ball threat that the um, that the Bucks have would probably be Godwin, and I mean maybe AB AB's iffy, but just again, I can see a Chiefs player breaking a fifty yarder before I can see um, a Bucks player doing it. All right. Yeah, so what, air yards, then it's the Bucks. But otherwise, yeah, yeah it's just it's fucking too scary. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm assuming that they they're gonna count the yards after they count. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's move on to some full game props. Largest lead in the game, fourteen and a half. It's minus one ten both ways. I don't know if it's gonna get that big. I mean, do you see yeah. either one of those teams being up seventeen points, or I guess technically fifteen points 15, or more? Yeah. I see a bum ass Brady getting down by that much and coming back, but not necessarily. <laughs> like his mo. Well, let's I not talk him. about Brady coming back. I don't, don't want to go down that road. Chiefs did that like twice last year. Yeah, right? they, they, they went down. I don't know if it was. They were like, down nine nothing against the Bills. Like, I mean, was like people 14, forget. Like the Titans game, I think they, they were, were down twenty one to the yeah. Texans. It was, yeah, uh, it was fourteen 20, to yeah. the Titans, oh, and I believe it was ten to the Niners. So just once. Yeah, yeah, but I give them this year. They haven't necessarily allowed themselves to get that far behind. 14 and a half is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's I mean, a lot. But 
you're if you factor in Tom Brady's interceptions, you're probably looking at that. <laughs> yeah, it all depends on when Brady's interception happens, right? Because we're yeah. assuming what happens. If it happens in the first half, then it's ah uh, fourteen and a half, maybe. But I think if it's a, he throws in the second half when it's a tighter game, is what I'm assuming. Then I don't like. It. I would lean towards the under there because that that does seem like a lot for two teams that I think I like the Chiefs to win this game, but I don't think the Bucks are like a long shot to win it either. So fourteen and a half, I like the under on that. Yeah, okay. he um I was gonna say with Brady, as long as he doesn't throw to the sideline, he should be okay. Yeah. So I don't think is there any I was trying to think, is there any players on either team that throw the ball on a regular basis other than the quarterbacks? There shouldn't be because the quarterbacks are too good. Okay. Because the like, over under for that's two and a half for players to make a pass attempt. So basically you need any other player to make a pass attempt other than the two like, quarterbacks and you get plus one thirty off. There's there's no trick play that I would take over Patrick Mahomes throwing the football. Like when Drew Brees is your quarterback, yeah, absolutely. Right. You find that trick play and you run it. <laughs> but or Mitch Trubisky. But uh, yeah, you don't do it when it's Mahomes, and I don't think you do it with Brady either in this game. If you did, it would come from the Chiefs. Because I mean, the, the book stuff. of Andy definitely yeah. has that in it. I mean, he's been Philly, probably holding it all year too. I don't give a damn what nobody says. Philly, Philly was not a, a Doug Peterson play. <laughs> <laughs> all right, total third down conversions in this game. Both of these teams are very good on third down. Uh, the Chiefs' issue is, are they going to get the third down? And I do think the sure. Bucks are good enough defense where they're going to make them have some third down. The over under is eleven and a half. Over is plus one hundred five. I mean, Brady is notorious for, you know, converting a ton of third and three, third and four, third and six. Uh, again, the, the Chiefs, if they get to third down, are also great at doing that. Uh, does that entice either one of y'all at all? What was the number again? Eleven and a half. And you said it was a plus something on the yeah, over. Yeah, it's plus right? 105 for the over. Plus 105. So I, I kind of like Just it. third downs? Yep. They need to get 12 third down conversions. So third oh, down for yeah, first yeah, downs. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's, I, I like that. That's combined? Yeah. What? Total that's third down conversion. <laughs> that seems almost kind of goofy. Did, they not have, did Tampa Bay not have 10 against Green Bay last week? <laughs> that's what it you, felt you're like gonna, anyway. You're going to have to sustain drives in this game at some point. Like, uh, especially if a team gets up, Andy Reid for sure will, will slow it down and go to his run-heavy packages and, and convert these dink-and-dunk uh, third downs. And, and likewise, Arians does the same thing where he mm-hmm. goes to a little run-heavy package if he gets up and, and they do their clock management style. You're going to get at least six off of that alone. So, yeah. To me, if you're going to bet the under, you, you need to pair that with betting at least one of the overs on longest touchdown because to me you're going to need big plays for this not to hit the over so if you're betting the under hit those 40 yard touchdown bets i'm a little insulted by that this is that's what it's it's jumped out to me there's a couple more coming down the stretch that will uh the overtime bet which i know is a sucker (laughs) tom brady tom brady that's my point is it is brady the playoff it's seven to one for the game to go to overtime. I oh, won the what? The last time Brady Mahomes championship game. That was an Correct. overtime game as it well. It did. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and you know why it went into overtime? 
Because of a bullshit call. No, because Andy, <laughs> because of offsides. No, because Andy Reid was a straight pussy for a first half, and I'll never forget it. Because oh, you're right. Half. I forgot yes, about shut that. out in that first I, half. Shut yeah, out. The play because, calling was awful. Yo, listen, listen, <laughs> Joe. I'm telling you, man. To this day, like <laughs> I if, remember, if Ronnie. If so Ronnie, you was, had money on the Chiefs in this game, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> if Ronnie was, if Ronnie was here, he would, he would probably tell you word for word. I mean, I went off on that shit for months. I think at the, <laughs> of the next season. I was still slamming on him. the backdoor cover. That's the reason yeah. I know this him, is you were him, so mad. Him and uh, Sean McVay. I was uh, like, I've never seen yes. two offensive-minded individuals act like straight pussies. They kissed the ring, right? <laughs> they, they were like, so they, scared. They literally of conceded to Belichick before it even started. I was like, what the hell? And I, I'll never forget the first drive of that Patriots game. I literally texted Ronnie and was like, what the hell is this? This is nothing like anything they've ever run. Like, it made no sense. Like, they they condensed their offense, which was absolutely stupid, and just made themselves into, like, a power offense for some reason for, for a half. They get down big. They come out, and literally the very first play, Andy basically opened the <laughs> offense back up, and they come back. And everybody's like, oh, the Chiefs are so great. I'm like, no, they're not. They're fucking idiots. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, if – if he does some crap like that again, which I don't really think he respects uh, Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles like that, as far as like having some kind of fear of them. Hell, he personally knows Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles used to be on his on his staff a while ago when he was in Philly. Uh, so I don't think he's got that kind of fear. So I wouldn't anticipate that. But yeah, I've seen it happen before, bastard. <laughs> but but yeah, to, to to this overtime bet, I. I think there's just value in betting kind of long shot fun bets because it's like you throw a couple dollars at them and if you lose them, it's kind of okay. You just have fun rooting for it the whole game. And then if it hits, you can hit really big. Like I have a friend who bet on the Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl. He bet on there being a safety. Oh yeah. That, and that's hit a bunch lately. And the first fucking play of the game, snap over Peyton Manning's head safety. And then he bet on a special teams touchdown. First play of the second half, Percy Harvin takes back a touchdown. He won like 120 bucks on like a $5 total wagered. So to me, it's just fun to bet on overtime. You're rooting for a good game then. And what you say? It's like one and eight, one and seven? Seven, yeah, plus seven. And then the other one I kind of like is if you can get special teams touchdown or specifically like a punt return for Kansas City. The Chief, or the Bucks are below average in every aspect of special teams, according to Football Outsiders, including 26th on punts. And then you're going to either have Hardman back there, who's a big play potential guy, and they could potentially put Tyreek back to field a punt. So well, I, those odds have got to be pretty crazy too. So it's like you throw a couple bucks down, you just root for that the entire game. If it doesn't work out, you lose a few dollars. If it hits, you can win like 50 bucks on a $2 bet. I'm trying to actually find the odds on that. Real quickly for like, the Super Bowl, have fun. The uh, the MVP. Do you guys see any scenario where it's not Brady or Mahomes? Like, what would a guy like Kelsey? Uh, I don't know. Godwin. I, I guess the Bucks defense could potentially. I could maybe see a, a Bucks defensive player if they JPP had, just has four sacks. Yeah, and or forced fumble or Sue something. is you know just having a field day or uh, what's the young linebacker they have that that's but, another thing. Devin uh, Bush, right? Is his name? But, but but we all know that like it's like a defensive player almost has to score a touchdown. I feel like to win. I think uh, my defensive player was uh, Honey Badger at forty. To yeah. Win. 
That would be the one. one. Okay. Yeah. Because that's he like could get the pick touch, pick six. Yeah. That could be like, oh, that's the play everyone remembers, and, and then he wins. And he moves around a whole lot, actually. Like he's all over the place. He's in the box. He's he's playing coverage. Like you, you're looking at potential sacks and and tackles for losses, strip fumbles. And so what do you think about on the site that I, I got? These yeah, I like, I like that honey badger. This is one very interesting to me. Mahomes is minus one twenty. Brady's plus one ninety. Hill and Kelsey are twelve to one and thirteen to one, and they have it. And I don't know how many sites will have this. All other players. So basically, you're getting everybody else on the field other than those four guys at twenty five to one. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a solid, solid yeah. bet. 25 to 1, I mean. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing there is you can, like, double that because, like, you could bet on one of the favorites and bet heavier on that and then cover yourself a little bit with, like, a $2 on the 25 to 1. And you could be, like, Mahomes plus field. And then you just need Kelsey. As long as the Chiefs win, you just need Kelsey not to win it, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh one other, there was one other thing. If I can get this thing to pull up real quickly, uh, do you ever do any of the cross betting? Now, yes. yes, yeah, all the time. Do you, but I'm saying for the Super Bowl, do you like the yeah, go with the golf, like, the NBA? Who, yeah, what what do are, you? Those are like the best, the best ones. <laughs> they're, they're fun. Um, I mean, I didn't see any golf ones, um, but they usually I, have I, some for the uh, golf tournament. Because, you know, it's the Phoenix Open. More uh, Rory's playing in it for the first time. By the way, I don't know what the odds are, but I would be shocked if Rory doesn't win on that venue. Man, the hell with Rory. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I had Rory in my in my uh, last week. You know how that turned out, bum-ass. And, I mean, just um, so people know what I'm talking about, you can have Kevin Durant points and rebounds versus Darrell Williams rushing yards, uh, Joel Embiid points that, versus Tampa Bay Buccaneer points. <laughs> Uh, I love this one. The Nets and 76ers points versus Brady's passing yards. You're getting 57 and a half points um, with the Sixers and the Nets. Uh, here you go. Dustin Johnson, fourth round birdies, uh, plus a half versus Chris Godwin's receptions. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau's uh, fourth round score versus Travis Kelsey's receiving yards. And you're getting plus 28 and a half. Uh, with DeChambeau again, Patrick round fourth round score plus 19 and a half versus Tyreek Hill receiving uh, minus 19 and a half. Uh, there is all kinds of ways that you can go. I love this John Rom fourth round birdies versus Leonard Fournette receptions. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you, you're only having to give up half of a, uh, a basically a birdie for Rom versus Fournette reception. Rom on that golf course, I promise you will make four birdies. Oh yeah. That's guaranteed. like his home. That's like his home course. Exactly. Too, yeah. I, I love that one. It's minus 120, but you should yeah. definitely check these out. I mean, you, you can just I mean, literally that's bet a winner right there. <laughs> whatever you want. I mean, they've got soccer, they've got college basketball, they've got hockey. I mean, it, it's nuts. Uh, my bookie, by the way, doing a little plug. All right, let's get to the game. The Chiefs, uh, depending on where you look, it's, you said it was at three and a half now on my bookie, right? Yeah. So the Chiefs are giving three and a half bucks, getting three and a half. First, let's talk about the over-under at 56 points. What's your feeling on that? Over. Joe? Like, it, sh- it should hit over. I just – I wonder if this is a weird game where it's in the rain, the defenses show up more than we're expecting. You know – 
I saw Patrick Mahomes put up 30 points and <laughs> some yards in a goddamn blizzard. <laughs> Unless it's a hurricane. I mean, but he's he's without like the backup right tackle, who's uh, granted started most of the year now, so and he's played fine. Remmers is now a starting left tackle, though. Don't you think the right guard's playing right tackle? Like, I could see them struggling a little bit. I could see, like you said, Brady could throw a pick here. But don't you think it's more about the Bucs than the Chiefs? Because if the Bucs score and they make it competitive, I think it goes over more times than not. I think the issue is going to be, let's say the Bucs are the, you know, the team that struggles scoring points. The Chiefs get up big. Uh, I mean, 56 is a lot. Let's see. I'm looking to see how many times they've gone over this number in their like recent games. So you you guys talk it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. keep looking at this for a second here. You you talking about Tampa Bay? Because just, just I mean to... my, my issue is my issue is is that I have a hard time explaining to somebody how either one of these defenses is gonna hold somebody to under thirty. Like regardless, um, I mean. If you get the turnovers from Tom, you're going to probably end up with 30-plus with the Chiefs. If there's no turnovers and everything goes the way it's supposed to go and, and everybody plays a clean game just off of the, the the tempo of the Chiefs' offense, you're still going to get a lot of possessions, um, and you'll probably end up with, with the overhitting late in the second half. Like, that's my thing. Um, you do think I, it's a simple- I mean, even now, even now, if you look at action sports, like, I mean – the Super Bowl is heavily bet. Um, most most people in the big money is on the under, but again, I mean, I seen this man hit a over in a fucking blizzard. <laughs> I can't shake that. I mean, at the same time though, these teams played each other. The Ducks were without their top corner, and the Chiefs could do whatever they wanted, and it was the twenty seven twenty four final. Yeah, and the only reason why it was like that is because the Chiefs essentially took their foot off the gas. Yeah. And I then mean, most Tampa did seem to figure it out. A in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it, I said when Brady played with the Patriots, most of the games well, were lower scoring. Yeah. Well, except, well, the Eagles and Falcons, though, those were high Well, no, games. I get that. But I'm saying you got, you know, the 13 to 3 game, obviously. The Seahawks Pats game would have been under that number. Uh, the, the Philly, I mean, all of the New England, except for the Carolina from the first three, both of the Giants were, were lower scoring games. Yeah, the Giants ones were. I just think scoring. that, again, it depends on to me what you think. If you think this is going to be a competitive game, I think the more likely that it's competitive and the Bucks it, keep it close. It's an over then? I, I think it's an over. I, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe Tampa Bay's defense does have the, the game of the year, but I'm with that, Allen. The that I find it hard to believe. Kansas City's not going to score 28 points. Like, they're going to score at least 28 points. And then, like I said, it's going to, you know, from there depend on how much do they get over that and then how many points do the Bucks score. I don't know, but my, my gut wants to tell me to go with the under here. Although, uh, again, these teams played each other in a championship game where Tom Brady had a much worse – Offensive supporting cast, and that game went over. So, so would y'all think that if, so if maybe, the rain, maybe if the I'm rain, crazy, maybe it isn't over. If the line stays there and say the rain's going to be really bad, would that make you lean more towards the under, though? Oh yeah, if the rain's going to be really bad, then yeah, probably. Yeah, that, I, I'd actually say that the number one thing is don't lay an early bet on yeah. the over/under. Wait till Saturday night, Sunday morning, 
so when we know what the weather is going to be like and maybe to see where it settles yeah it's a right, there, there you go i'm, I'm going to cop out and say if it's if it looks clear then all in on the over and if it's like it's almost definitely going to rain give me the under joe so. allen has taught <laughs> many things on the back door cover, but one of them is it's okay to not have an opinion on a bet because yeah. you don't yeah, want to exactly. just be throwing money away. i mean no, I'm exactly not, yeah i would i mean i'll wait i'm personally thinking waiting uh up until hell football's a little different because the line moves a lot but my basketball bets i've been waiting up until an hour till tip off because covid man like yeah well shoot yeah, I mean, did, you see, did you see the thing about the barber where yeah that's what i'm saying like somebody gets, somebody gets comes, test comes in two hours later and he's giving Mahomes his haircut then who the <laughs> fuck knows what's happening right now yeah and and i've had i've literally had guys get pulled in the middle of warm-ups mm. contact tracing so it definitely happens um but again, I saw Patrick Mahomes throw for 300 yards <laughs> over in a blizzard. Yeah, rain. The only That's thing that can stop side anyway. So and 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 amoeba defenses. All right, so let's get to the, the big question: predictions. Uh, I want everybody to give basically who they got with and without the spread, and kind of why you think it's going to go that way. Chiefs, because fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> and 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 if you think the, if you think the Chiefs win, take the plus one hundred on the orange Gatorade. Trust me, that's what they used last oh, year. They're gonna keep it the same. Oh, I like that. I like if that. Think, if you think the Bucks are gonna win, take the plus eight hundred on the blue Gatorade because the Patriots have used blue Gatorade, and I'm sure Tom Brady and and Gronk will have a say in that. So there you go. Hmm. Now I will say this too that typically. Uh, when the Patriots have used blue Gatorade, Belichick being a bum has dodged the the actual day <laughs> in three of the super uh, Belichick and um, John Harbaugh were the two coaches that kept people from getting paid in like three of the last X amount of Super Bowls. But yeah, I don't think Fat Man Bruce is gonna run, and we know Andy ain't much on running. So, all right, Joe. All right, so first I want to lay out. One of the ways this game could go, though, I want to give, give the Bucks case that I that I found. So uh, Mahomes is 13th in EPA per play against two high safety looks. So I think I think that's kind of the obvious thing that they didn't do in the first matchup is go too high and don't let them just murder you with 40 yard bombs. But then obviously we saw the Bills got picked apart. But I think the key there is Buffalo or not Buffalo, Tampa Bay can go too high. And then they can just go with their four-man rush. They pressured Rodgers on 33% of his dropbacks when we're only rushing four last week. That's 9% higher than on all dropbacks during the regular season. That's accounting blitzes, too. So they pressured at a really high rate. What was Green Bay missing in that game? David Bakhtiari, their starting left tackle. What is Kansas City going to be missing this week? Their starting left tackle. And, of course, the other thing is Mike Remmers, who's their right tackle, who's played most of the year. So I think when people are like, they're missing both of their tackles, it's a little bit of a misnomer. But him playing left tackle now has their right guard playing right tackle and then a backup playing right guard. So you have three offensive linemen out of position. You have two really good ends in Shaq Barrett and JPP. And they've also been playing a lot more press. They've played 44% or more against Green Bay and the Saints. And they never went above 30% the last over the entire season. 
So I think if you go too high, but you bump these receivers at the line so they're not getting free releases like Buffalo was allowing, and you pressure, I think there's a real chance for Tampa Bay to win. And part of me almost wants to go that way because, again, it's fucking Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. But I'm still going Chiefs, and that's because, well, A, just fucking Patrick Mahomes. B, I think Andy Reid, as much as he's fucked up over the years, I think he's kind of figuring it out now, especially with Mahomes. You know, it's just be aggressive all the time. I like his decision-making more than I like Bruce Arians. Uh, Brady, bad against the Blitz this year. Last couple years now, it's become a trend. He used to kill the Blitz. Now he struggles. Uh, when fa- he faced, let's see, uh, six or more rushers 37 times all year, seven of those were against Kansas City. So almost 20% of the times he saw six or more blitzers was against Kansas City. He went two of seven, 19 yards on those seven plays. So he got killed there. The other thing is what kills Tom Brady, pressure up the middle, if you don't have Aaron Donald, next best guy you want is Chris Jones, who's going to be rushing up the middle for Kansas City. And again, I just think Tampa Bay can't match up at all with Travis Kelsey. Levante David has, has a hamstring injury. He's probably going to play, but he's not going to be 100%. Pat White, or shoot, Devin White is just awful against covering. He's much better blitzing. So I think we're going to have trouble there. Brady this year, third in APA per play versus man, 16th for zone. I think Spagnuolo is a smart enough coordinator. He's going to mix it up. He's going to throw some zones in there. Uh, like Alan said, I think really good chances to pick in this game. Could be Honey Badger. Could be Juan Thornhill. One of those guys, I think, makes a play. And again, awful special teams. The last time a team with this bad of special teams – that Tampa Bay has won the Super Bowl was Green Bay in 2010. So that's a whole decade where you've had to have average or better, and they're just bad across the board. I think you're going to see a big punt return in this game. I think you're going to see a Brady pick. So if if you don't have the advantage on special teams against Kansas City, then it's just like you need everything you can. So give me the better coach, the better quarterback at this point. Give me the Chiefs, and I'll, I'll take the points too. Like, give me them anything up minus four. Maybe I'll back off a little, but if it's three, three and a half, I'm rolling with the Chiefs. I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, if I'm Kansas City, I hope the Bucks come up and press. By all means, please do that. Because if there's one thing Andy loves to do, and that's to use mesh concepts, and that's true, he is very good. Going to be disastrous with all that open space that they're going to have running across the middle. And then the, the um, unintentional pick routes, they're really good at disguising those, especially with Kelsey. Um, it would be really hard, regardless of, of what you got going on with the offensive line. Now, typically that probably would affect a lot of people, but I, I think Patty at this point in his career and, and this offense, as far as the way they click with their weapons, I'm not sure, like, if it's going to really make that big of a deal for this one game. I could be overestimating their ability, but I've seen Andy get the ball out of people's hands fairly quick. I mean, the guy ran an offense with fucking Nick Foles and was able to get him. <laughs> Basically, like, literally, you couldn't sack Nick Foles. Like, he always got the ball out of his hands. There was always somebody open. It was always Macklin or Jackson or, or uh, 
LaShawn McCoy, there was always somebody open. Hell, the, the tight end, I forget his name too, but like the way he schemes uh, a lot of times, I really think the familiarity with, with Tobble's upbringing in his system early on mm, uh, is really favorable for the Chiefs um, in this situation, regardless of their injuries on the offensive line. For this one particular game, if this was like week five and they had to go through a whole season like this or something like that, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But you're giving Andy Reid two weeks to come Yeah, that's true. The two like, weeks definitely helps. This, this, is, this is basically everything that Andy's ever been good at in, in, his, in his lifetime mm-hmm. as a coach. As long as it doesn't come down to managing the clock, he's got it. He's got it, you know. And, exactly. and Bruce, Bruce, for what it's worth, um, I don't, I don't buy that he's not still the cocky dickhead that he's always been. And and if he gets down, and and um, I can see him getting a little tight in this situation. This is this is new territory for him. Andy and this team have have been in big games and and been in this situation. Um, like for the last couple of years, like this is the expectation of their organization. Like this is what everybody is here for. Whereas you got people crying out of like celebratory, like tears in Tampa because they just got to the Super Bowl. And right. Cause like, everyone who's not Brady and Gronk is yeah, like, Oh my yeah, God, this is amazing. Yeah. Well, like, was it Evans didn't know there was a, a ceremony. Yeah, like where they're like, yeah, go do the ceremony. He's like, what? I've, I've never done this before. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I just feel like this is is um, this is the last official statement of the Chiefs coming out party as the next dynasty. Like I yeah. said that uh, last year or the year before, the year before when they actually lost to the stupid ass Patriots, I had said that I felt like they were up next. This is the next dynasty. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy. Well, here we are. <laughs> It, technically, this should be their third Super Bowl in a row. Unfortunately, it's not. But again, here we are, and and I I get the line, and I and I understand how um, the numbers play out sometimes in the NFL. But I'm I'm telling you, if the if the Chiefs lose this game, it would be an absolute upset in my mind. Like not because um, the Bucks aren't good, but because I f- really feel like this Chiefs team is is the next team. This is a hiccup in their storyline if they lose to Tom Brady they get the chance to put the final nail in the coffin on this it's going to be a hiccup yeah like I'm, no, I'm going to go and tell you I, I'm taking the this is called the hiccup I'm taking right. it I'm taking them on the money line <laughs> yeah. and this is if what I'm going to say those three interceptions in the fourth I, quarter I, I, I look, guarantee you he ain't beating <laughs> he ain't beating up Patty Mahomes I, 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 no, I get all that cut happens. that shit out man but I'm just saying that I have learned this year and I should have known before that never to doubt Tom Brady because halfway through the season, like we've done numerous times before, we said, okay, he's done. He's washed up. Uh, he's got- I said that. I never said that. Well, I don't okay. think that's fair. I'm still, I'm still saying it. I'm still- he <laughs> has gotten better. He has gotten better as this season has gone along and I mean, it's a revenge tour at this point. It really does feel like that. If you look at it and their last two are, you know, they, they beat the Saints who beat them twice during the regular season. He got a win over Aaron Rodgers just to remind him that, you know, not only do I have, you know, what, nine times more Super Bowl appearances than you do. I have six more rings. And it just it just feels like fate destiny because I did not yeah. think there was any way they were coming out of the NFC 
where they, I mean, they went on the road three straight weeks and now they're at home for a Super Bowl. It just, it just tenth Super Bowl for Brady to go seven and three to beat Mahomes. It just feels like to me destiny. And I really do have serious concerns about the offensive line. I, I do think that the Bucs are going to be able to do enough to slow them down. And then I think that the Bucs have enough weapons on offense and the Chiefs defense has not really been challenged in this playoffs. I don't think the Bills really did a very good job. Uh, Allen did not look great in that game. It was by far his worst game no. of the year. He missed some wide open receivers. You look at how well the Browns move the ball against them, which I actually think that's more of the type matchup that we're going to get. Uh, and again, it's stupid. I know it is to not be taking Mahomes and the Chiefs. It was stupid for me not to do it last week. <laughs> it's not, it's but not at least to, this week, to, I got Tom Brady guy that's going for a seventh Super Bowl. <laughs> and I just, it just seems like that. What do we talk about? You know, you well, know, it's just two weeks ago, right, Joe? When you get to this time of the year, the motherfucker has been to 10 Super Bowls. Like, well, you, you know, it's, you know, it's stupid. Saying that the Chiefs didn't look all that great and then discounting the fact that Tom Brady threw three fucking interceptions in the fourth quarter against Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers just historically can't close a game. Throw three interceptions in the fourth quarter <laughs> and watch what happens to the scoreboard. That shit I can guarantee you Brady's not going to throw three yeah, interceptions. I, I, in the I, better not. I can guarantee <laughs> He's not going not. to. Matter of, fact, matter of fact, if Tom Brady throws at least two interceptions in this game, he will not win. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I don't think he's going to throw to. Them. I really do think not. you're going to you're going to see them. I I don't think you're going to see the Bucks try to push the ball down the field as much as they have in other games. I think that honestly, they know that the way they have to win this game is the way the Patriots beat the Rams in their first Super Bowl, the way the Giants beat the Patriots in the 07 Super Bowl. This they've got to control the clock, they've yeah. got to move the ball and they've got to try to make stops and shorten the game. And I think that you're going to see a good. lot of that just, sounds good to them bastards put up 28 in the heartbeat. That's, hey, everybody see, had that same game. The same, the same thing, though, that people thought. I mean, if you if you really want to look at it, the Bucks defense has been really good in the playoffs. I think they're frauds, but. Oh, they may be. We'll find Keith, out. I would almost go the other way. I think that, like, the one of the problems they've had, and like you said, they got better towards the end of the season, but I think they've reverted in the playoffs. Get it, put the ball in Brady's hands early on first down. Because they have the highest rate of passing on I'm second and I'm not talking about they're not going to throw it a lot. I just think that you're going to see a lot more of like, you know, like Godwin, the, the I, Millers, the, the Johnsons, the sure. tight ends, Fournette. You're going to see a lot of what Brady does in most of these Super Bowls. Right. I, I agree with that. Downs, a lot but of really me, though, is if Arians and Leftwich are like, oh, we got to stick with this run game. And they're going to have decent success because the Chiefs honestly don't even try that hard to defend the run because they know their offense is going to put put up 30 you got to remember though joe that so, as somebody who had a quarterback that i was begging to audible out of <laughs> the super bowl when we kept calling pass plays when we needed to run the ball and i mean clock, yeah Tom sure. brady's gonna do whatever the fuck he wants uh, to yeah, I if, promise the Bucks, you. if the Bucks get up 20 they should absolutely run the ball but my thing is i don't think they're gonna get up 20 so i think they need to just be maximizing their offense the entire game and i'm worried they're gonna run the ball 25 times and it's going to take the ball out of Brady's hands. And then they're going to find themselves down 10 in the fourth quarter. And it's going to be a little too late. The other thing is I forgot to mention about why I don't think, why ultimately I'm with Allen, I don't think the O-line is going to kill them. They're going to pass so much. But I think you're going to get to that fourth quarter. 
And you're going to start to see those Tampa Bay guys just get exhausted, which is what happened to Atlanta, which is what happened. Like that's what happens when you play the chiefs and they're throwing the ball over the place. It's what happened to San Francisco a little bit last year. That pass rush wasn't as strong in the fourth quarter. And that's going to be the same here. It's, It's entirely too much space to cover. And look, if if the Chiefs can game plan to get away from Nick Bosa, they can game plan to get away from John Pierre Paul and the rest of these guys. I think Indomitian like, Sue is actually the guy that they're going to have issues with. Yeah, well, you could take his ass out the game too, literally, by just right. I don't. The they, they could do some stunts with that, yeah. and, and, and you can and him, and it's going to cause yeah, problems. But get the ball out of out of like Mahomes' hands, like that's really what is the essence of Andy Reid's offenses is that he's able to create uh, passing attacks that gets the ball out of their quarterback's hands. Like Patty holds on to the ball because Patty's greedy. Like earlier in the season when he wasn't playing as efficiently, it's because he was being greedy. He wants the big plays. He wants to do the, the cool stuff and throw the ball sideways and this and that, like all these extra things. Cause he's got, he's got a little swag to him and that's great. But if he plays the system, the way it's supposed to be played, He's fucking unstoppable. There's literally nothing that the Bucs can do besides pray to God and hope Tom Brady dials it back 10 years and somehow can play defense too. To really I'm just saying that Aaron Rodgers came into last week having played phenomenal. If there's anybody talent-wise that, that the, is the near him. The between Rodgers and, and Mahomes is this, and people don't want to admit it. It's, it's I don't like think it's this. that big, but I think when you add in Andy Reid versus Michael Porter, then I think that combination, it's a better coach and a better quarterback. That's the difference, which is why I'm picking Kansas City. Yeah, All right, so we don't have to continue to talk about why my picks are bad and your guys yeah, are good. I, I, Mine have I, I, been I, awful I, all year, full discretion. That's another I, I, reason I, I, why I, I took the box. I'm going to throw some hypotheticals at you guys. All right, so this one I assume is just for Alan, which is if you swapped coaching staffs, would you swap your pick? If I swapped coaching staffs? Yeah, oh. if, if Andy Reid and all those guys are over in Tampa and Arians and co are up over in Kansas City, would you swap your pick? I hate Arians, man, so yeah. <laughs> Like I, I don't like Arians at all. I just I just don't like him. I've I've never liked him. And part of that is because uh um Ronnie hypes him up with the stupid uh Kango hat and the cigar. I just I just don't like him. I think he's just cocky. <laughs> and I okay. mean he has he has done he has a good body of work uh as a coordinator, obviously, and his pedigree is great. But as a head coach, man, he's just sometimes he's just ahead of himself. Okay. And if he's truly letting Tom do what, what Tom wants to do, then sure. Um, they've got a chance, but yeah, if, if you right. swap Andy Reid, yeah. I, I agree. And then for both of you, if you swapped QBs, would that change your pick at all? I mean, as long as wherever Andy Reid goes, the, the QBs got the advantage. I think. Oh, no. So, see, I would go, I, I would roll with Mahomes just because if it's Tom Brady behind that line, then no, I'm out. Well, well, not only that, I think you can make an argument the Bucks have better down-the-field receivers uh, than the Chiefs. No, I know, obviously, they have Hill, uh, but I'm talking yeah. about – I mean, Mike Evans with oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes would be a nightmare. Bro, right, so uh, to me, if I, I, I so TV or coach, I would change my pick. But as I mean, is, I'm going case. In, in Aaron's offense, Mahomes would probably throw so many picks because every pass would, would be all verts, man. And again, and people probably going to say I'm crazy, but – I get it. I love vertical offenses, man. I, I watch Maxion. Yeah, I, I hype Maxion up more than I hype anything else because <laughs> they make big plays. You know, I love that. But you cannot sustain success in the NFL throwing the ball 30 yards down the field 
every other play. It just ain't going to work. And, and Right. They got better when Tom Brady took a little more control in this offense, yeah, I think. They yeah, used I more play action. They weren't yeah. just doing verts all the time. Yeah. One, got quick, better. one more quick thing before we move on to the Daily Fantasy. The, the number one and number two teams in the league in motion uh, pre-snap are the Bucks and Chiefs. Is that the oh, NFL wow. that we're moving we're moving yes, towards? Hundred percent. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> shout out to my man Kyle Shanahan and, and Sean McVay. I'm mm-hmm. disrespecting them, but it's okay. Yeah, like I mean, that's that's essentially the evolution of the offense because or evolution of the game because everybody's playmakers now. Tyreek Hill is one in a million as far as his build now. Like there's a lot of short, small guys. There's not a lot of Mike Evans anymore. You use the motion to keep people from pressing you. And then you get these guys in space and let them work. Like you get the ball out your hand, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, boom. You got your guy in space. He probably running a three yard route, but he's going to get you 15 yards because he's a playmaker. And that's, that is the evolution of the league right now. And you're going to see linebackers that are going to be built more like safeties, the Simmons and things like that. You've already seen more athletic uh, defensive, I mean, offensive tackles because the pass rushers are getting more athletic. Like people are training differently and and coming up differently uh, now because they have to make up for, for what has been a talent gap, honestly, and, and the rule changes and things like that. Like there's so many different combinations that are going into the evolution of the game where we're basically seeing more athletes come out and, and people scheming these athletes into space and then allowing them the freedom to do everything that they want to do. Like if this was 20 years ago, people like Tyreek Hill probably wouldn't even be on the fucking field. He'd be a punt returner. They wouldn't even let him play mm. because they'd be say, they would say he's too small. Like he ain't going to be able to take a hit. Now a guy like Tyreek Hill is your number one wide receiver and you move him around all over the place. Like we we're starting to see traditional like X and, and Y receivers and all that. Like you're starting to see all that disappear. Like you're starting to see tight ends that are more like Kyle Pitts. Like that's the future. Like that is literally the future. Evan Ingram, not so much. They kind of wanted that, but Kyle <laughs> Pitts is now like that guy is going to be a problem when he comes out. Devontae Smith, you see his bill. Like uh, Chase sent me a picture today. He looks like Patrick from our group. He's tiny. <laughs> but guess what? He's a monster because he has developed and, and honed his skill set, which is route running and yards after the catch. All right, and but, but give me Jamar Chase all day, every day. I'm staking that out right Jamar now. Yeah. Jamar Chase. Calvin Ridley with uh, – but I'm just Arthur Smith is going to make that Falcons offense a lot better because their their usage of motion and play action is going to go yeah. way up since since yeah. you know the Super Bowl year and then Shanahan left and then we reverted right back. So yeah. exactly. all right, real quickly before we get out of here, daily fantasy, we're going to do a lineup each. I might actually even give you two depending on how quickly we get through these. But again, for the final week in a showdown like this, you have a captain. So with the captain, it's 1.5 times uh, more expensive and you get 1.5 times as many points. So it's so important uh, that you hit that captain, but it's also, you got to remember, if you go with like a Mahomes or even a Hill or Kelsey in the captain, you're going to have so much less money. So I, I think I found, this is by far my favorite line. Like I said, I'll go over the other one if, if we have time. So I've got Chris Godwin as my captain. He's 13,200 with that extra 1.5. 
In his last five games, he's averaging almost 20 points per game, 19.7. He scored 18.9 or more in four of his last five. His only game under was against the best secondary in the league. That was the Rams. He's not going to be playing them this week. He is averaging almost nine targets per game in that span. In the first matchup versus the Chiefs, he caught eight of his nine targets for 97 yards. He scored 17.7 points without a touchdown. I think if you do multiple lineups and if you think the Bucs have a chance of winning, he is the guy that you want at captain. I could also hear you say Fournette, and I'm about to talk about him because he's also in this lineup, but I think Godwin is that guy that I think he's got a very low floor, which is good. And he has a potential to have a high ceiling. Now he has not scored a lot of touchdowns as of lately, which is a little concerning, but again, he's, I mean, he's really been racking in the receptions and the targets. He's dropped a couple touchdowns. So like the opportunity has been. No, no, he has the ability. And I also liked how they had that run play for him at the end of the last game. So there's, there's positions out there. So Fournette is in the second guy in this lineup. And you're going to see after this, uh, I've got uh, one more and then I'm going to load up on the chiefs on the back end, but Fournette has scored 20 or more in three of his last five. He has 62 touches in the playoffs, averaged just under 22 points per game. He scored a touchdown in all three. This is the big thing to me because, again, I think this is how the Bucs are going to compete and have a chance to win this game. He has 17 targets in those three games, 14 receptions. I think the Bucs need to control the ball, and Fournette has been the featured back. Even with Jones being back for the last two games – he has still been the featured one. Again, he scored in all three playoff games. I would be shocked if he doesn't have four or five receptions. If he does that and scores a touchdown, you know he's getting into double figures. And again, if he ends up having the game like he has the last three weeks, you're talking about around 20 points. And again, if you think the Chiefs are going to win, the more they're down, the more Fournette's going to be involved in the passing game. So that's that's all good things. The third guy, and this is the only risky play, and I may end up changing this because there is some options there. Gronk at 3,000. He has six points total in the three playoff games. He's only had seven targets. Uh, but in his last Super Bowl, which was another year, he wasn't very productive in the games leading up. He had six catches for 87 yards. He has 24 receptions in his five Super Bowls. And I just cannot see a way that Brady is not going to look for Gronk in the biggest game of the year, especially when you look at he had by far his best match or game of the season in the first matchup versus the uh, Chiefs, he had six catches for 106 yards. It was the most receptions he had, the most yards. And I just, again, I, I can't find, like I know Brayton has been the more productive one. They've kept Gronk in more to block, but I just think that Gronk's going to have some, especially early in this game. I can see them trying to go to Gronk because, again, they haven't done it a lot. It's probably going to mean it's less likely that the Bucks are, I mean, the Chiefs are looking for that. So he is right now in that lineup. He's the one guy I might change. And then this is where I loaded up because of what I did. I've got Kelsey at 11K. I mean, I don't know what you can say. He's got 21 reception for 227 yards and three touchdowns in the two playoff games. He has 25 targets in those two games. In the first matchup, he had eight receptions for 82 yards. And you need to remember that was with Tyreek Hill having 13 catches for 260 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I don't see any player available, maybe other than Mahomes, and even with him, that is more of a can't miss. He scored 22 points or more in nine of his last 10. He's had 10 straight games with seven or more receptions and has hit double-digit receptions in nine of his last 10 games, or excuse me, double-digit targets in nine of his last 10 games. Then I got Mahomes at 12,000, and I know it seems crazy if I got Godwin as my captain to not include Brady, but... 
I mean, Godwin has proven he can score points without catching touchdowns. I mean, Mahomes is just – he's Mahomes. He's, a, he's again, a can't-miss play. Uh, he scored 20 or more in every game but one this season. He has been saying in the media that he's as healthy as he's been since he's had the turf toe injury. And, again, I think with the O-line injuries, you're going to see Mahomes scramble a little bit more. So, if, say he has 30, 40 rushing yards and a touchdown, that's only going to increase his ceiling uh, for his scoring. And, again, if the game goes more the way that Allen and Joe are talking about where they don't think the Bucs have any chance of really, you know, slowing down or stopping this offense, Mahomes could always have a humongous game. And, I mean, if you get Mahomes and either Kelsey or Mahomes or Hill, whichever the two, even though it's been both of them in the previous games, go off, they can score a crap ton of points for you. Then the last guys I got in here is the Bucks at 2,800. If I have a little bit more money, and that's why I may change Gronk, I will change to a kicker here instead of the Bucks D. But for this price, it's pretty much all about sacks and the issues with the Chiefs so long. In the postseason, the Bucks have – the defense has eight sacks, five interceptions, two forced fumbles. That's in three games. That's pretty impressive. It's playoff teams. I know it's not the greatest offenses in the world, but still, they've scored nine or more points in four of their last seven games. Uh, that's fantasy points. And I think there is a chance that they could give the Chiefs some issues up front they have a talented linebacker to try to cover Kelsey, their fastest cornerback. I missed the previous match that the Joe talked about, be able to cover Hill. And it might just be enough to where they can keep them, you know, within reason. You got to remember in the first game, the Chiefs threw for like 370 yards and three touchdowns, and they still scored four points. And when you're getting down to this price range, especially in a captain's mode, you just want to make sure you can get points. That's why it also would highlight uh, field goal kickers. And then just real quickly, I do want to go over this other lineup. I said I was going to, so I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> the uh, if you Because I was trying to figure out a way to get Mahomes at the captain because I think we can all agree that him and Kelsey are the two safest guys out there. I, th I think we can agree on that. So I'm trying to think, well, how can I get either one of those at captain and try to get everybody in there? So I went with Mahomes at my quarterback actually went with the Chiefs defense because obviously if I'm loading up on Chiefs players, which that's what I'm doing here, uh, I think that there's a chance that they're going to roll. And by doing that, I've got Mahomes, the Chiefs defense, Hardman, Hill, Kelsey. Oh, man. And I, I know. And then I have not decided yet if I'm going to go with Jones or Johnson, the wide receiver for the Bucks, or Jones, obviously the running back. You can go with either, though, at this price range. Right now I have in Jones just because I think that there's a chance that he ends up maybe scoring a rushing touchdown or maybe they do have some success running the ball. But this is basically a lineup that if you think the Chiefs are going to win, which two guys that are smarter than me on this podcast just told me they think they are, you are pretty much covered because you have Mahomes, Hardman, Hill, and Kelsey, and you have their defense because if Brady ends up getting down, they throw a lot, you can get a pick six – interceptions, fumbles, whatever. Uh, which of those two lines do you like more, Joe, before you give me mine or yours? Um, I I go the first one just because I'm wary of going all in on one team just because I think there will be value on the Tampa Bay side as well. Because, I mean, that works if it's just the Chiefs blowout, which so if that's what you – if that's what someone thinks, then that's a really good lineup. <laughs> yeah, if you can get Mahomes – uh, Kelsey and Tyreek all in the same lineup. That's obviously huge. With but Hardman. I just think, yeah, with Hardman too, who'd be like the next guy up for me on that team. I just think though that there's going to be enough points on the Tampa Bay side that you're going to get beat out by people who have more of a balance probably. 
So I would go with the first one. But the first one's probably just, I think, also closer to the one I have. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that could be it too. Um, so mine, I've got Travis Kelsey as my captain. Um, you know, you obviously have talked a great deal about how good he is and how bad this Tampa Bay defense is. Again, Levante David's their best coverage linebacker. He's banged up. Uh, Antoine Winfield is one of their safeties, Winfield Jr. He's also got an ankle issue. So you got some guys banged up who could be matched up against him. Again, 60 receptions allowed to tight ends over the last nine games of the season. That's 6.7 receptions per game. That would be nearly a reception worse per game than any other team over the course of the season. Worth noting, though, that the Chiefs also gave up exactly 60 receptions to tight ends over their last nine. So, again, it's these, unbelievable how bad these two teams You, you said it earlier. These are, over the second half of the season, the two worst defenses against tight ends. So, I love him in that. Um, I think over his last six games, 29 points per game. Mahomes has been under that in seven of – or in his last six. So, six straight games he scored under 29. Brady's gone under that in seven of his last nine. So this going off for the last month and a half to two months, Travis Kelsey is the best fantasy player in this game. So that's why I've got him as my captain. Uh, I do. I have Mahomes. I'm rolling with him as well. Obviously, I think if you have Kelsey, you want to try and get Mahomes in there. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, 462 yards, three scores the first game against Tampa. That's obviously a good sign. Uh, scored 20-plus points in 10 straight games. He's had multiple passing touchdowns. Oh, sorry, accounted for multiple scores because he had one where he ran one and passed for one. In nine of the last 10, he's gone over 300 yards in seven of the last 10. And this Bucks defense, solid defense, but multiple passing touchdowns in 10 of 13 games and over 300 yards in five of their last nine. So I think Mahomes, again, unless it's just an absolute downpour, I love Mahomes. Uh, I was able to get Brady in this lineup as well. Brady uh, threw two picks in their last game, still scored 26.7. Threw three picks last week, still, still scored 20.1. So even if he turns the ball over like Alan and I are expecting him to once or twice, I think he's still a good bet. Over it's hard 20 to plus. believe that there's more than like two players that are going to outscore the quarterbacks, right? In any sense. Yeah, I think it's a two max, absolutely, because I expect good games from both of these guys. Uh Brady, over 20-plus in six straight, at least two passing scores in each game, and he's gone over 340 yards in four of his last six games. So that's impressive. Chiefs, multiple passing touchdowns allowed, nine of their last ten. Opposing QBs have hit 300 yards in half of those games. So it wouldn't surprise me if both guys, especially if the weather's decent, have 300-yard, two or three touchdown games. So – I, that was, to me, my main goal is I was, wanted Kelsey Mahomes and Brady because those are my three favorite guys in this game. Uh, I have Hardman at 5,600. I guess I should – yeah, Brady's at 10,000. Uh, Hardman at 56. What I like about him is the way Tampa Bay's defense has been playing against Scott as recently where we've seen uh, against – Green Scantling, Bay, Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. Sims. Scaling 115 yards in a touchdown to Adams is 67 yards in a touchdown. I believe Adams slightly edged him out because he had five more receptions. But again, 
more yardage, equal touchdowns. Week before, Sims had more uh, yards than McLaurin. Sanders had more. Yeah, yards so Michael targets. Smith zero receptions on four targets, and it wasn't just Sanders. Traquan Smith actually led the team in yards and had the two touchdowns in that game. So you had the number two and three receivers outproduce the number one in that game. Like you just said, Sims outdid McLaurin. And that's been the trend on the year. Again, Jamal Dean's a really good cornerback. The first game he was out, you ended up with a bunch. Carlton Davis is a solid cornerback, but again, he's a 4-5 guy. Dean's a 4-3. You put the 4-3 guy on Tyree Kill, obviously, that means Harden's either against Bunting in the slot, who's the worst corner in the whole group, or he's got Davis on the outside who runs a 4-5, and I think we all know Hardman runs a bit faster than 4-5. So I think he's going to have a solid game. And I also, again, I think there's a chance he's their punt returner. I think there's a chance there's a punt return touchdown this game. Um, I've got Gronk. I I would argue for you not to switch that in the other one because, again, the Chiefs are just so bad against tight ends. Cameron Brate's not a bad play either. But, again, Gronk has consistently throughout the year seen more action in the red zone. And Chiefs, dead last, according to Warren Sharp, against tight ends in the red zone. 60 receptions over the last nine. But here's the kicker. The Bucks, even though they've been giving up all these receptions over their last nine, they've given up four scores, which isn't great, but it's not awful. They've given up about 50 yards per game on those 6.7 receptions, which is their average throughout the year. The Bucks, though, seven touchdowns allowed to tight ends in their last nine. 78.7 yards per game to tight ends over that time span. Basically, playing the Bucks over the last nine games, your tight end basically turns into Darren Waller. That's what happens. And they only played Darren Waller once, so he didn't totally mess up this. And also, first game, Bucks tight ends, 10 receptions, which was the second most the Chiefs gave up all year, 140 yards, the worst mark for the Chiefs all year. Yeah, Gronk had six receptions, most receptions all year, and over 100 yards is the only game that he did that. Right. And so, like, I can see the argument that Brate's the better play because he's been getting more play recently. But Gronk is 3,000. Well, Brate is 4,800. So, like, if you just have an extra 1,800 and you like Brate more, that's fine. But to me, there's no reason to go with that difference. And that's kind of the same reasoning for me with my last guy. And, again, part of this is also I didn't have a lot of money left. But... (laughs) Ronald Jones at 2,200, like, Fournette's the best guy who gets the receptions and Tampa Bay, or and the Chiefs struggle. Both these teams struggle against running backs in the passing game. But I'm looking at this, and last two games since Jones came back, Fournette has 29 carries. Jones is 23. That's not a huge difference. And then on the year, Jones ran for 1,000 yards at almost five yards per carry. And then you've got Fournette, who had under 600 yards and just barely got to four yards per carry. Don't you think it's probably safe to say that if if the game's closer, you could see Jones actually being the more integral running back and obviously the more they're forced to pass and play from behind, that's because Yeah, he's, he's the better runner. And he's finally so, so, probably healthy. I mean, that's something, too, is you got to remember he was banged up coming into yeah. his first postseason. And he, now game. he's had two weeks off yep. to get ready. 
And again, he's 2,200. It's crazy. He was like, the one that I saw that was just, to me, really, uh, you know, he was just undervalued. Like, honestly, if I had – if I'm ranking the running backs in this game, I would put him second behind Fournette. Just straight up, regardless of the money. Because I think they're going to run the ball. I don't think the Chiefs will at all. And, yeah, Hilaire or Williams could have a really good game. Like they could have six receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown, and it works out. But you're betting on that with both of those guys in the backfield, plus Le'Veon Bell coming back healthy to steal a few snaps. So I like Jones as the second best running back in this game, and I have to pay 2200 for him. So I really like that play as a guy to save money. And the other thing I like about this lineup is I have $700 left, so it gives you a little room. Like if you, To your point, if you didn't like Gronk and you wanted to get Scotty Miller, like if Antonio Brown doesn't play, that's mm -hmm. a reasonable move. Um, if you dropped Ronald Jones down to Tyler Johnson, who, again, if Antonio Brown doesn't play, I don't think Tyler Johnson's the worst play. He, Brady's shown, even though he's only getting, getting one reception, Brady's shown he'll look for him in key moments. That pass interference to end the game last year, that was King tugging on Tyler Johnson's jersey. And I don't know if you mentioned this, but I just look, Jones actually had 10 touches for over 100 yards and a touchdown in the first game. Yeah, 66 yards on nine carries. So, again, this is not a very good run defense. They're 31st in DVOA. And, again, I think part of that is Spagnola plays the game that way. Like, they run a lot of dime. But, yeah, if they're going to run the ball, I think Jones is, again, he's the better runner. He's super cheap. And then, yeah, the other thing I like about my lineup is, it, again, I think Kelsey's the best play. He's been outproducing Mahomes and Brady over the last month and a half. But if you like one of those guys more of this lineup, you can alter in any one of those guys and it fits. And actually, if you put in Brady, you'd save money and you could even make a bigger change somewhere else. But th this is the six that I'm rolling with. I love it. Um, anything, because Alan had to dip out out of here. His son woke up. So, I, you know, prayers <laughs> yeah, to Alan and his family. Parenthood life. Um, it, it's, That's true. It's not late for your kid to wake up. It's no joke. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk about before we got here? Um, uh, just uh, my, my friend's podcast uh, on the subject. They, it's really they now good, have, by the way. I haven't tell you. I've listened to some of them. It's really good. Yeah, and then uh, obviously, first of all, if you know you're part of the IBN network at all, I'd say you know join the Patreon, chip in your five dollars, especially right. if you're part of the Facebook group. And especially, and especially if you're assaulting for the next week. Yeah, especially days. if you're white right now. You, you're, you're at risk right now to get kicked out of the group during Black History Month. So be safe like we are and ship in your $5. But if you've already done that, then On the Subject also has a Patreon, and they're going to have some additional pods just for the Patreon people where they're going to cover the entire MCU over the course of this year. And they, they won't be covering the Spider-Man movies because they've already done that previously on the podcast. But they're going to be covering the rest, and uh, I'll be guesting on some of them. I think we're going to record a Captain America, uh, the first one, later this month. So if you've, if you've already paying into the IB network, think about uh, checking out the On the Subject Patreon, too, for some extra pods on the MCU. I love it. Uh, and um, just a reminder, we will be doing another Team Turnbuckle podcast uh, later in this week. Uh, me and RC actually did post a Royal Rumble, one of the big four WWE pay-per-views, instant reaction podcast. It went up Monday. 
And, you know, sadly, this is the last weekly daily fantasy football yeah. podcast until next football season. But me and Joe have been talking. We're both big into TV and movies. Uh, we probably are going to end up doing some podcasts on that. We got to figure out what we want to do. If we want to do movies, if we want to do a TV show that's going on, if we want to just bounce around. But uh, we definitely have enjoyed doing this together. We appreciate the people that have listened. Uh, so you will hear some stuff from us. And obviously we will be Absolutely. back next year. Uh, we'll probably get a little bit more preseason into like the drafts and yearly long fantasy leagues where I want to do some, uh, maybe some mock drafts, uh, you know, go position by position. Uh, but it, it's been a very successful year. I hope we end on a good note because I, I mean, we yeah, we either we're, down from last we're, week. we're full discretion. Like we'll, we'll tell you when we have winners and when we have losers, the conference championship was not good. The other two weeks have not been bad and the regular season was just, honestly the last seven eight weeks it was kind of insane uh it was just good to see so many members uh in the group you know winning money yeah i wish it was more me and joe winning money yeah (laughs) it is what it is you know if you can win more money with our picks than we can good for you uh so but uh it really has been a pleasure joe you know i enjoy it and uh we'll figure out what's next for us until football rolls around but uh I'm sad, man. I hate when the NFL season ends. It really is. It's it's it a is sad, sad day. But I think it's going to be, uh, if nothing else, an interesting game. The lead up's going to be great. And then again, we've been very fortunate that a majority of Super Bowls over the last 10, 15 years have been really good. So on, there's never been a bad, well, I guess maybe that Rams one, but that last one. But for the most part, there's not a bad Tom Brady one. They're always close. That's very fair. Yep. Always interesting. Well, I mean, to even me. that one, it was, you know, it was, it was close. Like, I think it was six three with like three. You know, I went to that game. It was like six three with three oh, minutes wow. left. Yeah, my dad got me in there. It was nuts. It just was funny that I got to go to a Super Bowl. My dad had already been to two. And it's like the worst Super Bowl game ever to sit and okay. watch. It was still I, I really worked, cool, but I mean, it was, it was I, I so worked boring. The security at the uh, Seahawks Patriots one. Did you really? That was actually, That's like I, one of the best Super Bowls I think ever. Oh, it was, it was amazing. I, and everything. Well, thankfully, they moved me inside where I wasn't really doing anything. So I was just like watching the game, like just like, oh my God. And then I saw like Chris Berman, Tom Jackson walk by. I actually wanted Jim Plunkett because obviously he has so many surgeries. He's got like three plates in it. That's freaking awesome. Uh, well, this really has been a ton of fun. Alan, again, had to jump off. He's sorry, but we will be, uh, you know, rolling back with the backdoor cover. We'll start next week. Start talking about golf, baseball. Have to have you on sometimes, Joe. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I got to start listening to these golf ones and figuring out how to bet that. I'm going to teach you how to do the DraftKings. It really is. That's where you – I had a really good week last week, I went to tell you, on DraftKings uh, for golf. But the uh, – I will never, ever say the words I'm going to invite RC onto one of our <laughs> podcasts again. If you are in the group, you have to check out that post. It was one of the best burns I've ever seen. He posted the Jimi Hendrix story in the car and white man can't jump. And it's a very fair point for him when I'm inviting the guy who runs, owns, operates uh, this network, the page, everything onto one of his podcasts. And as he said, that would be like coming over to my house and asking me if I want anything from the fridge, which I was like, damn, he's got me there. But uh, for Keith Fleming and Joe Matz from the weekly daily fantasy football podcast for my man, Alan, who normally does the backdoor cover with me, who is trying to get his son back to sleep. Uh, this has been the Super Bowl props and Super Bowl captain's pick lineups, special episode of our podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network, and we will see you guys soon.